Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Lori Schwartz here, your tech cat, coming to you from chilly Southern California, which we're all very excited about that the heat has stopped. And today we have an amazing show. We're going to be talking about how to make candy famous. And we have the fabulous Farah Besner here, who's the marketing director for Halls and Candy at Mondelez International. And if you're not familiar with Mondelez or even Halls and Candy division, they make a lot of very sweet and yummy candy. And because I have a chocolate problem, it's it's my favorite thing to actually talk to Farah. So ladies and gentlemen, let's have a Tech Cat welcome for Farah Besner. show, Farah. Hi, great to be here. You are doing such amazing and innovative things uh, for for Mondelez and for the Halls and Candy Group, and uh, I would love to dig right in and talk about what you're doing with um, Sour Patch. But before we get into Sour Patch, tell us a little bit about your background, um, because you've been in the marketing business for a while, and uh, you really are, um, you know, changing the way people perceive how a brand, how a packaged good could impact culture. So give us a little sense of your background. Sure. So I've been working uh, with a lot of brands for over 10 years. So um, from Kraft to Mondelez, brands like Philadelphia Cream Cheese, Maxwell House, Trident, and um, now Halls and Candy. And for us, that means um, Swedish Fish and Sour Patch Kids. So a lot of different brands over the years, um, all within CPG, but a lot of fun with each one of them. And uh, I know I asked you this before, but is there just candy everywhere in your office? Way too much candy all over the place, especially because <laughs> it was just Halloween. <laughs> so is, now is one of your responsibilities to, to craft the messaging around what's going on with, with um, those candy brands that you mentioned? Yeah, so it's really everything about Sour Patch Kids and everything from what products we want to launch to the messaging to how we want to go out and reach consumers. So really everything about the brand from start to finish. And one of the things that you did this year, which is really um, one of your, I think most your most exciting programs to date, is the Sour uh, Sour Patch Kids Patch Program. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that, and then we can get into the, you know, the cultural impact that it's had. Sure. So, I mean, if we step back and just think about what we're trying to do with, with Sour Patch Kids. So, it's a brand that's loved by millions of teenagers, and it's a growing brand. Sour Candy's growing, and Sour Patch Kids is driving a lot of that growth. But we knew that because we're targeting teenagers, that we couldn't just be talking directly at them all the time. We needed to think about programs and ways to, to connect with them in a way that's a little bit more culturally relevant. And one of those ways we knew we wanted to, um, you know, to start with was music. But we wanted wanted to enter into music in a way that we felt was ownable for our brand and, and really could make an impact not only for ourselves but also to the music business and to artists. And so we created a program called The Patch, and essentially we have a house in Brooklyn and a house in Austin where artists who are on the road and on the rise get to stay for free while they're on tour. Because, you know, what we learned is that being on tour is really more important than ever for musicians in terms of being able to help them grow and, and get out there. And so 
touring is really important, but finding a place to stay on the road is difficult, especially if you think about a place um, like New York. And so we created this house for, for them to come and stay. Um, but it's got, you know, we decided it needed to be more than just a house. And so, yes, you know, it's a four-bedroom house in Brooklyn or in Austin. We have a recording studio in the basement. And it really is just filled with inspirational um, installations. And we wanted to create a space that was inviting and comforting, um, but also inspirational where, you know, where they could, they could do their best work so that they can feel inspired to get back on the road, um, you know, the reason that they're touring in the first place. Now, uh, when you when you first talk about this, I mean, it's absolutely amazing. But also think about it. You are a candy brand. And you were just talking about building a recording studio and you're renting homes in various locations. So how did this first come about? I mean, I, I understand you wanted to approach it from, you know, a culture perspective. But had anyone in the company ever heard of anything like this before? No, so... You know, we knew we wanted to be in music, and then we really started by just asking around as to where could a brand play in music, because there's a lot of brands, you know, much bigger than us out there who, um, you know, who have established themselves in music. And so it really started with just understanding that, you know, we're a candy brand that's on the rise as well, so we kind of knew our place in the universe. And so just talking to a lot of people in the music industry and asking them what's, you know, what's missing, what would be valuable to, to people in the music industry. And this kind of popped up by talking to different people in the music industry. And then we stepped back and said, okay, this is a need that exists. So if we want to integrate into kind of this space as a brand, understanding that need and how we can contribute would be kind of the first way that we can establish how we wanted to enter. So knowing that there was that need, understanding our brand, and knowing that we wanted to be part of this cultural conversation, but we were also a brand on the rise, it kind of made sense for us to partner with this on-the-rise type of musician, and then it was really about, well, what can we create or provide that's of value, and then how can we work together to benefit the brand but also benefit the artist and make it mutually beneficial. So, you know, we... We allow the artist to stay for free, and then we co-create content with them, and we, you know, will create um, what we're calling patch sessions. So they will come and stay, and they will record something, or we'll find out something that they need, whether it's talking to bloggers or having dinner or whatever that is, record content, and then we amplify that for them. So the brand is, is integrated in the sense of we're providing the space for this content to happen and we're putting it out there but really the the way this content comes to life is just all about the musicians and how they want to demonstrate their music it's it's pretty incredible so you as the sort of marketing manager were you um picking the the bands and literally going out and and picking the locations and and doing all that sort of uh you know back end to build the program yeah, so definitely very involved. This is a program that was, you know, first of its kind and didn't have anything to, to kind of go off of. So being involved from everything from where should the house be, how should we furnish it, you know, it should feel a little bit like Brooklyn, a little bit of music, a little bit of Sour Patch Kids um, to get that, that vibe and that feel. You know, we had to take an alternative approach to even building the program. So we did things like, you know, got everyone together in a loft downtown New York at night, invited people from the industry and, and just kind of said, here's our vision. Let's, let's just talk about how this would, you know, how this could come to life and just took notes and kind of brainstormed from there. 
And then, you know, we made sure we picked the right partners, people who had established themselves, you know, in music and in experiential marketing um, to make sure that we could, you know, get the experts here. And then even all the way down to, you know, a lot of people ask me, well, what was the brief? There wasn't really a brief so much. We had an idea. We collaborated on how to bring it to life. And then we did things like, you know, the brief for the actual house was a Pinterest board because if you're looking to create a vision and a feeling, how do you do that in a way that's just as inspirational as the house you're trying to build. Oh, so you're actually leveraging the very tools that this culture and community use to even just communicate the whole experience. Exactly. It's, it's, it's so crazy cool. And what have you, what kind of results are you seeing from all of this? I mean, obviously, um, you know, you're learning a lot about the music business, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I get asked about results a lot, a lot, and um, I would say this program has been running for you know just a year at this point. We've had over 150 artists come through both of oh the gosh. houses. We've created a lot of different content. Um, you know, we've learned a lot along the way. It was really important for us to just you know make sure we had our grounding, but to get out there and evolve as we went. And that was you know everything from feedback from the artist, understanding do we have the right things in the house, you know learnings on our own in terms of what goes up on a Tumblr page, what goes up on YouTube. You know, one of the um, the first ideas we had for the program was that we were going to use the artist channels to, to get to, you know, to distribute the content. What we learned quickly is that when we're pairing ourselves with up-and-coming musicians, they don't necessarily have the reach that a big brand has. And so we've been pivoting and kind of looking at how do we use the scale of the brand to actually get more reach for, for the artists. Because what's really interesting about these rising musicians is that their fans are incredibly, incredibly loyal, um, but they still need to get they need to get the word out there. So we've been working on you know evolving that as we go. Oh, that is so, is so interesting. I mean, I just think I wouldn't be cool enough to even go into one of these patch houses because you <laughs> you know I'm so like <laughs> so not not contemporarily cool in that in that sense. But it's really a land a, you know land. Um, a landmark type of, of marketing campaign that, that you've accomplished here. And are you seeing it influence uh, other brands within the company? Um, in terms of in the company, um, not necessarily in music, but I think what we've helped inspire is creative and different thinking for, you know, how a brand can approach culture and can approach um, marketing. You know, so the other, the other candy brand in my portfolio is Swedish Fish. And while we're not doing a patch music program, we are really, um, you know, we just launched a, a video series where we're celebrating the number one fish-shaped candy in the world. And, you know, we're creating a series that's based on what I'm calling real-ish time um, cultural moments. So, you know, for Gen Z, it could be something like zombies or end of summer or, you know, something that's relevant for a moment in time that's going to be part of cultural conversation and turning around videos very quickly, you know, so let's say seven or eight within, within you know, a couple of months to really make sure that we're embedding ourselves into that conversation. I think the thread here is that more, more and more brands need to recognize that the days of us defining the conversation are really over and it's really incumbent upon us to understand what people want to talk about, what they care about, what they're passionate about, understand our brand really well and be able to insert ourselves in a way that's organic, but to really recognize that if we want to, if we want to get in with this generation, especially, we need to find that, find that balance between what they care about and what we're trying to say. 
I mean, certainly, I mean, from my perspective, when I first heard about this program, it totally changed my thinking around Sour Patch, right? Because I had never, I mean, I was aware of the candy. My kid absolutely loves the candy, but I never thought about it as anything other than a candy. And now what you're doing is you're sort of rising it above all of that to have, you know, a much larger meaning, you know, which is really hard to accomplish, but yet doing all that you've done, you, you seem to have really been able to do it. So when we come back from our break, I'd love to talk to you about, you know, what other trends in consumer behaviors are you seeing that are impacting branding for packaged goods? Because you, you really have done something landmark. And do you see there uh, being other trends that you're going to be leveraging? So more with Farah Besner and the Tech Cat when we come back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. If you're interested in gaining strategies to be more successful both at work and your personal life, check out Turn the Page with host Hemda Mizrahi. It's all about building new habits and perspectives. The show helps you identify the changes you need to make that align with your values and priorities. And then apply these principles to your career, health, social life, and other areas. These are proven techniques that work. Turn the Page airs live Fridays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hello, everybody. We're back with the fabulous Farah Besner, who's the marketing director at Halls and Candy at Mondelez International. And she was just giving us the scoop on the Sour Patch Patch Program and all that um, they've accomplished by associating Sour Patch with up-and-coming musicians. And it's really all about making candy famous. And I know, Farah, you have a whole philosophy and approach about this. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, I'll start with, you know, why did we even set fame as our ambition? And, you know, while we knew it would be difficult, we also knew that it's really becoming the, um, the driver of cultural relevance. And so... You know, but we didn't really know very much about being famous, so we went to the, the natural source, which was the Internet, who told us how people become famous, and really it gave us some, some guiding principles um, that we've been embracing for the last year on the business. Um, and I'll just maybe walk through a couple of them so you can understand what we're doing. And, and when, um, you say, first, when you say famous, you mean that everybody knows who or what you are, right? Is that what you mean? Well, I look at fame as more than awareness. So I think fame really takes into consideration awareness and um, 
but also relevance. And so for someone to be well-known, a lot of things are well-known, but they're not necessarily famous. Um, and then there's a lot of things that people love, but they're not, very ne- they're not necessarily well-known. So for, for us, that idea of fame was being able to capture both awareness and relevance um, kind it. of together. Um, you know, so the first thing was about being unique. And so how do you stand out and be unique? And you know, for us as a candy, we said, well, what do we have that's different than everybody else? And for Sour Patch Kids, that really was all about the kid. So it wasn't about making necessarily the brand famous, but really it was about making the kid famous. And you know, we've done a number of different things to, to help with that. One of them was we partnered with um, the retail store It Sugar, who has a number of you know, outlets across the country. And not only do we create you know, 16-foot sections within the store with candy, but we, we created merchandise with them that all featured the kid. So whether that was... Um, pajamas or iPhone cases or towels, you know, whatever, whatever was kind of relevant for the time, we worked with them to create merchandise that helped get, our, you know, helped get the kid out there. The other thing, you know, in terms of being unique, we think, we think of it as being first mover. So how do we, within the candy space and within the CPG world, make sure not only in what we're saying and with the kid, how does the kid show up in unique ways? So last summer we launched our, um, our Snapchat account, our Sour Patch Snaps, with Viner Logan Paul, who took over our account. And so that was, you know, really, actually it was summer of 2014, so really being first mover there, um, you know, a couple ways of being unique. The other big thing, was, you know, to be famous is showing your depth. You have to stand for something. And for us, that was really all about our sour-than-sweet personality. So everywhere you go, you know, it could be from TV to our to our to our online presence, to how we show up in store, you know, to when you taste the candy, we are actually sour than sweet. And so making sure that we brought that kind of everywhere, everywhere we went. And then the last thing was really hanging out with cool people. And so (laughs) I think, you know, look at the, you know, you have the Kardashians, you can be cool just by hanging out with cool people. And, you know, the same is true for, for even a little candy. And so we had to ask ourselves though, for, um, for this brand in this audience, well, who's cool? You know, so the idea of the celebrities of the past aren't necessarily celebrities anymore, um, at least to this audience. And so if you look at, you know, variety studies who say someone like Smosh or PewDiePie come way above someone like Katy Perry, that really started to help us understand who does this brand need to hang out with to, to, part, be, a, to be cooler and to be a part of the cultural conversation. And that, you know, ranged for us from things like Teen Choice Awards, where we partnered with Jake Paul to take over the red carpet. Um, you know, we did a YouTube scripted content series called Breaking Out, um, where we featured Andrea Russett and Ricky Dillon and a few other YouTube influencers to create sour than sweet moments of high school. And then we did sour than sweet prom this year. And, you know, I think cool people can sometimes be cool things as well. And this past summer, we launched with 7-Eleven a Sour Patch, Sour Patch Kids watermelon Slurpee, which uh-huh. was phenomenally successful for us. You know, two great brands coming together to give kids something that, you know, that they love. Well, that, that is a lot of really innovative thinking. It almost sounds to me like you're a cultural anthropologist. Is that what you've become, in a way? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I would um, brand Call myself yourself. that way. I just, <laughs> I, you know, maybe. I think that, you know, it really is for me about deeply understanding yourself, in this case, your brand, really focusing and understanding on what's culturally relevant at the time, how do you contribute back and, and make it mutually beneficial for everyone. So maybe that's the right term. I'm not sure. <laughs> 
Well, I think just the study of, you know, behavior and how, um, you know, the audience that you're going after are responding to things and what, what, what they do care about. And then finding these programs that you've been doing that are so interesting and so different to, to reach them. So are you seeing this then, you know, stepping back out just for the packaged goods, you know, uh, category, are you seeing this as sort of the next move forward for all packaged goods that really understanding, you know, cultural opportunities um, for their audience? Yeah, I mean, I think that we're, we have no choice. And I think that because these brands are targeting teenagers, we probably have to get there a little bit faster. But if you kind of look at the trends in, you know, for consumers and for CPG, there's a few things going on. So I think the first is um, choice. So no longer do people have to listen to what you're going to tell them. So not, you know, they could go anywhere they want and they could, they could listen to whatever they want to. So it's up to us to keep innovating and, and making sure that our marketing efforts stay relevant to them. I think, you know, as I mentioned, the other, the other kind of, the, the definition of celebrity has changed. And so, you know, that's another trend we need to keep our eye on. And I, and I think the last one is really just content overload. And so with all of these trends kind of up against us, I think, some of them work for us, so the uh, you know technology and the ability to create you know a plethora of content is a great thing for a brand. But if you really look at it from the consumer side and realize how many things that people are pushing at them, the reality is there's only still 24 hours in a day, and so you're vying for you know you're vying for consumers' attention. And so if you really want to stand out, the first thing is to get to know the person you're trying to connect with. And so um, I, I firmly believe that when you start from a deep understanding of who your consumer is and what their world is, then you have a better shot at, A, creating content that's relevant, and, B, having them be open to listening to what you want to say. Is, is there any other brand sort of in the packaged goods space that may not be Mondelez in, in portfolio, but any other brand that you think you're kind of looking to and saying, God, that's interesting what they're doing as well? Yeah, I mean, I think there are a ton of brands um, doing doing things right. Um, you know, in, in our world, we look at, you know, a brand like Taco Bell, I think, is doing a lot of great things. You know, a lot of people talk about Red Bull, but I think they've also done a lot of great things. Um, you know, I think different brands are at different stages, um, yep, yep. but definitely I think that this is not, I think this is something that a lot of brands are kind of looking at, um, you know, in terms of making sure they get ingrained in culture. You know, it's so interesting too, because when you're talking about all these cool programs and even, you know, doing what you did on Snapchat, you know, you almost sound to me like a, a, a content studio, right? Like, you know, so not, not even coming from the brand side anymore, but really looking at creating content for people to consume about your brand storytelling, you know, in a whole different sort of modern way. Is that something that you guys talk about a lot? Absolutely. I mean, I think um, brands as content producers is, is the way of the, of the future. Um, and I think that, you know, we are in a great, a great place to be able to do that. You know, we've been creating content for, for years and years. And I think it's just um, kind of shifting the way we look at it and, and starting through the lens of what consumers want to watch and kind of working backwards. But I definitely see ourselves as content, content makers. Um, and I think that, you know, we don't always do it on our own. So when we're putting a scripted content series together for YouTube, as an example, you know, we're, 
we're going up on these influencers' channels as a way to feel organic, authentic, and to leverage their audience. But to do that in a way that doesn't have their fans rejecting it, we have to bring them into the creative process as well. And so just like at the, you know, at the, for the patch, we will collaborate with musicians on what that content would be. When we do scripted YouTube content stuff, you know, we invite the influencers in into the development process and say, here's the idea we're thinking of. We might even come in with some, some, started, you know, some script starters, but then we talk to them, we do a roundtable, and we say, you know, would your audience like this? Would your fans you know, relate to this? Is this how you would normally say it? Um, and, we, and we co-produce that way to make sure that it will be relevant to their audience. That's so interesting. So again, plugging into the right, uh, the right people, the right partners, uh, the right co-creators to be able again to to speak to this audience. Now, do you guys? I didn't um, in our pre-interview didn't ask you this, but do you um, basically make sure to have some millennials around just to make sure that they um, help infuse you know all that you're doing at the company? you know, with being able to, to reach their demographic? Because I know a lot of my colleagues at businesses purposely hire, you know, people under 30 just so they have that that vibe in the office. Now, obviously, there's some talent there as well, of course, but but they they think about this. Is that something that you guys talk about is, is you know, really um, being connected to millennials? Absolutely. Um, we don't have a team of millennials here in the Mondelez office, but for us, what that's meant is making sure that we partner with people that have a pulse on what that is. So, you know, our our and even our social media agency, our you know, our partner, they definitely have their pulse on on what's going on with this this generation. And there's a lot of a lot of millennials who are working there. So I think it's you know, you either bring them right in, or you work with partners who have who are in close proximity to um, to who those people are to make sure that you really can gut check um, for what you're doing. Yeah, it's so interesting. Again, you know, I have friends and myself who have teenagers around and we're kind of grateful for them for being um, sort of built in marketing research, uh, you know, yeah. you know, and, and that kind of thing. And are you guys also talking about the up and coming generation, which some research groups are calling the plurals or, or the Gen Z as well? Because um, from everything I've read, they're very different from the millennials. Yeah, definitely. Um we're, we're kind of looking at how things are evolving and, and making sure that we understand those nuances so that we're able to, you know, keep with this generation, but also understand that that's a whole new group, you know, a whole new generation who feels a little bit differently about things, you know. So when we're talking about Swedish fish, you know, you know, we have different terms for things. We call it, you know, young, young transitionals, similar characteristics to Gen Z. But this generation is, you know, they've grown up in a world that has social media, that um, they've seen kind of the, the recession and things that have happened. So they're in a kind of a different headspace, but they're in college and they're still trying to figure out how to balance the thing they want to do with the thing they think they should do. And that really does change. Um, their perspective on things, and we're definitely looking at all of these insights and trying to figure out how, uh, you know, how that changes what, how we should approach them. Oh, you have such a cool job. <laughs> when we come back on the Tech Cat Show, we're going to talk more with Farah also about, you know, what are the KPIs for impacting culture? Because you're, you're, you're at a big corporation, they care about success, so it's not only that you're doing really cool things, but, you know, what are the key performance indicators for impacting culture? And then also, where do you get some of these ideas from? Because, oh my God, you're doing such interesting things. So we'll be back in a moment with the Tech Cat and Farah Besner. 
it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Effective leadership is what will propel the world, organizations, and businesses through a range of dynamic changes. How do you keep up with these changes, build skills, and lead effectively? Listen for Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. Maureen offers tools and engaging guests who are leaders in their field. With each week, you'll work on and improve your skills to lead with confidence and drive your organization's success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. You've heard of good things coming in packages. Well, maybe there's a little more to that saying, but when you think about it, packaging is one of the most important things that can represent your business. Tune in to Ditch the Box with host David Marinak. Each week, we'll discuss flexible packaging, marketing, sales, and how it all comes together in one container. Lower costs, increase margins, listen to the show. It might just save you a ton. Ditch the Box is heard live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Business. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. Hello, everybody. We're back with the fabulous Farah Besner from Mondelez International, Making Candy Famous and all the great programs uh, that she's done with Sour Patch Kids. So, uh, you know, when you're at a brand and you're coming up with really crafty ideas, you know, there's certainly a lot of pressure to show success or to prove that these innovative ideas are not only cool, but are also moving the needle. So I know you've talked to me about, you know, how people come to you with sort of the more traditional metric approach for success. And you have a really interesting philosophy about this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously you're running a big brand. Um, I need to make sure that we have a diversified, you know, marketing plan and I can be making sure that I have some metrics to show, to show stakeholders here that, you know, that, what I'm doing is driving the business. So we definitely still range our marketing plans. But I, you know, I truly believe, and you've heard me say this before, that there isn't really a KPI for culture. I think that um, you're trying to scientifically measure something that's not necessarily that, tan- you know, tangible. And so I think that you can measure things like brand love, and I think you can measure things like coolness, and those are indicators of um, the success of your programs. But... Um, I think there's a little bit of a leap of faith that people need to take in order to to connect with culture. And over time, that's where you're going to see 
it pay back, you know, in spades because there's nothing that can replace your brand being talked about in ways that it wasn't being talked about before. And you're measuring that chatter through sort of the typical social media monitoring and sentiment monitoring that most brands are doing, correct? So you've seen you've seen lift there from all of this great stuff you're doing. Absolutely. I mean, we live in a world where there's 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 no shortage of data and and definitely all the programs and, you know, brand tracking and, and that kind of stuff we definitely do. And then we're also experimenting with, with different ways of doing that. So there's the traditional brand health studies that you do that ask certain questions, but we're trying to, to try and reinvent those a little bit as well and, you know, do studies that ask ask kids questions like, would you dress up as the Sour Patch Kids for Halloween? Or if we put Sour Patch Kids in a lineup with, you know, five other characters or people, how do you rank them? So we're kind of looking at how do we make our own you know, whether you call it a coolness index or a cultural relevance study, you know, different ways that aren't necessarily not, aren't necessarily going to correlate 100% directly to what the specific initiatives that you're doing, but it does give you a sense of how you're moving the needle um, with the hearts of, of our consumers. And you were telling me, which, which I think for me personally, if I went home and knew that I had done this, I'd feel good about what I do every day, but you were telling me that the musicians have been, have been, you know, giving you feedback about how you've changed their lives? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing that can replace hearing directly from a musician how you're impacting their career and, and their life. And I think that on paper and in a marketing plan, it all sounds great to say we have this house, this much, this many people are coming through, and this is the objective. But at the end of the day, when you, when you stand in the house the night before, you know, Super Duper Kyle's releasing his EP that he's been working on for, for two years and he has all his friends there and you've given him the opportunity to meet with who he needed to meet with in New York and to really like have that special moment the night before the album drops. I mean, it's just them getting up and saying that we've, this brand and the people working on this brand have, have impacted their music career forever. Like to me, there's, there's nothing that can replace that. Yeah, that is so powerful. And especially, again, millennials feel so strongly culturally about social good and about making a difference in their world. So are the musicians doing a lot of tweeting and social media about just how their lives have changed because of this program? Absolutely. So, um, you know, as I mentioned before, we do these patch content sessions. But if you look on Instagram or on Twitter and you look at the hashtag Brooklyn Patch or hashtag Austin Patch, you can see all of the organic content that the artists are posting themselves, whether that's just passing through town or using the house for something specific or at these events that we're creating for them. That's all kind of being captured um, as part of the, the Sour Patch Patch story. God, it's so, it's, it's so great. Well, what about, where are you getting your new ideas from? Because I know we talked before about, you know, how you probably don't sleep <laughs> and you have a lot of, <laughs> you have a lot of great partners, but you, you personally, are you constantly attending conferences, trade shows? Like what, what, where is the source of some of your ideas for keeping up with everything? Yeah, I think definitely conferences and reading, you know, the standard things, but I, I really, I really think you need to get into the heads and hearts of your consumers. And so, you know, while I'm I'm not a teenager, I do download most apps that teenagers are downloading and trying to, you know, use them and understand the language because it's not just about having an agency tell you, you know, the stats on something. It's really understanding that the language of Snapchat is completely different than the language of Instagram, and that's going to change how my brand shows up there. So definitely downloading things, researching things, um, reading about things, 
um, you know, all of that kind of stuff, and then trying things out. I think there's nothing that replaces trying things out yourself. I think, you know, in the music in the music space, I, you know, I grew up in the CPG world. I'm not in the music industry, but in the last year, I've become really educated on it because I need to be to, to understand the artists and to understand what they, what they need, even to identify which artists should stay in the house. You know, I try and go out and see as much music as possible. Um, it's a hard life sometimes, but <laughs> someone's got to do it. <laughs> so, and, you're, and you're really more in the indie music front, so you've kind of discovered this whole new indie music world probably, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a whole it's a whole different space um, that I personally didn't know very well before. And what I love about the Patch program is that it's also not we also don't discriminate against any type of music. And so, really, the thing, the thread that pulls everyone together is that they're on the road and on the rise. But that could be anything from rap to jazz um, or or pop or whatever it is. Um, we've had such a diverse group of musicians come through the house on purpose. God, it's such a late night life too. I mean, I I, w- I don't know that I could do what you're doing just because I couldn't stay up. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, in terms of like other, because I think it's fascinating that you're downloading teenage apps. What are some of the apps that you're playing with right now that really reflect sort of uh, teenaged, you know, gestalt, if I may? Twenty five dollar <laughs> word there. Well, I think one of the big things is um, is is texting and chat and messaging um, that that's happening with, with teenagers. And so um, understanding that world. And then what we just recently did um, with Sour Patch Kids is we launched what we called Kid Emojis. So they're sticker, branded sticker emojis that kids could just up, um, install the, the keyboard into the, all their messaging apps to be able to incorporate Sour Patch Kids into that messaging um, with their friends. So that would be one that's example. So um, the other is is Wattpad. So that's a storytelling platform that um, is is huge with 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 the younger generation, and it's all you know people who have put their own stories up on on this program, um, on this on this app, and it's one where it's serialized. They can write the next chapter, the next chapter people end up following them. And then, you know, it's another example of understanding that new platform, seeing how big it is, and then integrating our brand in a way um, that was interesting. So for Valentine's Day, we did Sour Than Sweet Love Stories. So we looked to some of their big authors on the platform, and they wrote some Sour Than Sweet Love Stories as a kickoff to a contest that we had where we got consumers to essentially write, you know, the next chapters in their own versions of the story, you know, as a contest for Valentine's Day. God, I really, I just, I, I love everything that you're doing. I, I don't mean to keep saying it, but it's just so, so smart, um, you know, because sometimes it, it is true, you know, when you're an experienced marketer and say you're a Gen X or maybe even a boomer marketer, but you're marketing to millennials and, you know, Gen Z or plurals, um, you know, I've downloaded Snapchat, I play with it, but I don't have a lot of colleagues on the platform. So it's not like I'm experiencing it in their shoes, um, you know, so, you know, um, I almost feel like I have to, like, capture a millennial and trap them just so I could watch <laughs> what they're doing. You know? <laughs> but you also have to have, you know, that savvy business strategy and experience that you have, you know, as a professional to implement these things with, with um, you know, marketing smarts, right? It's not just about playing with new platforms. No, I mean, it, I think... I- 
always come back to it's about understanding your consumer. And so, you know, these are the platforms that teenagers are on. But when I was working on Philadelphia cream cheese, it was all about a cooking strategy. So our whole team spent hours in the kitchen understanding how products could be used. And we all had a weekend project to go home and invent a new cheesecake flavor um, and bring that, you know, to the team. So I think regardless of the product that you're selling or the industry that you're in, it's incumbent upon you to get into that world that your consumer's in and and figure it out. <laughs> yeah, and, and dive into the, to, to their head, whatever it is. So throughout the course of your career, you really get to explore sort of the culture again behind whatever demographic your your brand is serving. You know, absolutely correct. Um, so so you have it's interesting because before I called you an anthropologist, but that really is what anthropologists do is you know study study a, an age of people and then really understand them behaviorally. And, you know, you, you just seem to have a really good grasp of, of uh, what's turning these generations on. Well, thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that, was, that wasn't a question. It was a compliment. But uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, well, we're going to take a break in a minute. But I think um, one of the things that I, I love to talk to my guests about is, you know, what are some of the... Um, upcoming projects, upcoming conferences, uh, places that you're going to go to to tell your story. I know when we last met, it was uh, Ad Week, and, um, and you were doing a lot of speaking about um, making candy famous. So it'll be great to hear from you. You know, what are some of the... Um, what are some of the places and conferences that you're going to next? And also just personally, like what, what tech is turning you on right now? Have you bought any new platform or gadget or anything that you love? Do you have like a smartwatch that turns you on? I don't have a smartwatch, but I have an app that I love, which is a sleep app that measures my sleep. You know, every morning I wake up and I see how well I did while I was sleeping. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's so cool. So how does it measure your sleep? If it, Are you wearing something that it, it, it uh, responds to? No, you put it down on your on your bed and it measures movement. And so it will it will measure based on movement the type of sleep, how long you sleep, and it gives you a score um, every night. When you wake up, you'll you'll get a score for how well you've been sleeping. Oh my god, between the cat, the six year old, my husband tossing and turning, I think that I would score very low. Well <laughs> but that's great. Well when we come back, more from Farah Besner, who is all about innovating marketing and culture and impacting it in new ways for Mondelez International. And we're going to talk a little bit about some upcoming uh, projects and campaigns for Sour Patch and, uh, and Swedish Fish. Is, that, is yep. that how you say it? Swedish Fish? I know we are yeah. big, I'm telling you, we're big Sour Patch fans here. We'll be back soon with the Tech Cat. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network the key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology StoryTech, a boutique agency empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message engage your customers and raise the bottom line how do you track and exploit the trends how do you stay ahead of industry disruption and how do you maximize profit from content from strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, 
Where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. And we're back with the fabulous Farah Besner, the marketing director of Halls and Candy at Mondelez International. And we've decided that you have really one of the coolest jobs around and you've been doing such interesting work um, exploring culture um, with your fabulous candy brand. So can you share any upcoming projects or things that you're doing with your cool brands? So I can't share details of exactly what we're, what we're going to be coming into market with, but I can tell you that we are, you know, we're not changing things here. We've been, we've been able to make great inroads in the programs we've had in 2015, um, and we're going to continue. We're going to continue that into 16, and and really focus on making them even bigger. So now that we have, you know, an established base for things like the patch or programs like Wattpad or, you know, these tentpole moments that we've capitalized on for the brand, whether that be prom or Valentine's Day or Halloween, we're really going to remain anchored in those in those territories, but continue to evolve and continue to make them bigger. So if there's a new platform that shows up, we'll definitely be there. Um, but continuing, we're really going to continue the way we've been operating. Um, are there going to be, I don't know if you're allowed to tell me, but are you going to be opening up any new patches or is Austin and Brooklyn sort of, you know, where you're going to stay? So I can't tell you anything specific right now, but I can tell you that this program has been tremendously successful for us and we are looking at ways to expand um, and whether that's with locations or making what we have even bigger, definitely um, that's on the horizon for us. And I, I didn't ask you this before, but what, what about Brooklyn was so attractive? Was it about being in New York and so finding a cool space in New York? Yeah, I mean, New York was one place we knew we needed to be. New York is one of the most expensive places for bands to find a hotel when they're coming through, and it's also um, a city that they're doing a lot of business in. And so we definitely needed to be New York. And then when we were deciding, you know, right in Manhattan or outside, you know, keeping in mind that what they really need is not just a place for one person, but a place for their entire band. And to be able to have that stop along the, on the, along the way that has that comfort of home, we knew we needed something bigger than what we probably could get um, in New York, which is why we chose Brooklyn. We also wanted it, so we wanted it to be close enough that you could get really close, you can be close to a lot of the venues and you can get there quickly, but also a little bit removed so you got that neighborhood vibe and a big enough house that, um, you know, could house a lot of people in the band. I'll tell you, when you look back at your life and you, you, you're allowed to have some regrets, and one of the regrets I have is that when I left Carroll Gardens in Brooklyn about 15 years ago, I didn't buy anything because, God, is that <laughs> the most exciting place in the world right now, Brooklyn? 
you know, with yeah. all the um, the new eateries and the cafes and businesses booming there. And from a uh, creative perspective, the agency media content uh, world is exploding in Brooklyn as well. Um, yeah, and we actually capitalized on that a little bit. We wanted to give local Brooklyn, um, you know, some shout-outs. And so if you, the art installations that we have in the house are all local artists. And then we also partnered up with local vendors. So whether that be local soap companies or lip balm or socks, um, you know, we, we partnered out with them to help give them some exposure and bring their products into the house so that people know that it's, you know, it's all furnished with local Brooklyn stuff. And that's that's a, a big trend now too is is really giving back to the community that you're in. Um, so so that's that's wonderful. Uh, I'm very excited about Brooklyn because they are now home to my precious Islanders, who have been <laughs> who have been winning. So um, I'm a big fan of Brooklyn. Um, and is that is that also something that you kind of talk to experts about? Is is where to put these patches? Because uh, Austin to me makes sense. Everyone knows that's a that's a music center. Yeah, definitely talking to people about music center, but then also just the vibe of the area, how easy it is for people to get, you know, in and out. And then, you know, just practically speaking to to musicians, like who's showing up with a bus or a van and where does that get parked? And, you know, the things that you don't necessarily think about that are actually quite important to someone passing through town. Yes, it's amazing. Now, when you um, look at your the year you have um, coming up ahead, um, and I asked you before, like, what kind of shows do you go to? But now that you're sort of dealing with the music business and all these, like, ad tech and martech platforms and all these different things, how do you decide what to go to to keep infusing, you know, your knowledge set? I mean, is it only advertising and marketing conferences, or are you also going to other business category conferences now? Um, it's a combination. So definitely, you know, the standards like CS and, you know, South by is great because it straddles both. <laughs> Um, over the course of 10 days. So that so that's really great for us. And then it is also sprinkling in some of their industry-specific. So there's um, a Billboard touring conference that's coming up um, in a couple of weeks in New York. So I'm going to be there to, to talk with some people and to hear what's going on. Um, you know, as you mentioned, I was at Adweek. So it really is a combination of what's going on in marketing, what's going on in the industries that I'm, you know, I have programs in, and then just what's going on in my consumer's world. Well, do you have any advice for, say, uh, up-and-coming marketing folks, brand folks who either are on the agency or brand side, but, you know, how to really uh, sort of pivot to create, you know, a career and a knowledge set that is as wide open as yours is? I mean, what I tell everyone on my team is jump right in. I think that the old ways of writing a Word document on your computer and sending it over three times to, you know, the over the wall to the agency or vice versa. It's just, it just doesn't necessarily work and it takes a lot of time and we just need to move so much faster these days as marketers. You know, if we take seven months to do something, by the time it gets out the door, it's no longer relevant. And so it might seem a little counterintuitive because, you know, we're talking about a social media technology-driven world, but sitting down and talking to people, you know, go have a drink with the people at your agency after work or sit in a room and brainstorm um, with all your cross-functional team and, you know, or, or go go on a candy excursion or go whatever it is that <laughs> like you need that to one. <laughs> put, put yourself in. I mean, we do that as a candy team all the time. It's our, it's our competitive set, but, you know, spend the afternoon in New York City walking around different candy stores to kind of understand what's out there. But it's, it's really, it's sit down 
down, talk, understand your consumer, and understand the world around you, and then jump in and help make it happen. Um, because as marketers, we need to know our brands best. You're, so you're not only creating culture, but you're participating and engaging in culture at a very high end. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we have to if we want our brands to. We need to we need to do that ourselves. And I think that you know there's there's the the outside world culture, but there's an internal organization and marketing community culture too. And I think that you can't have one without the other. And so it really stems, it starts all the way back from how are you going to even think about growing your brand? How are you going to work with your internal partners? How are you going to work with your external partners? Because all of that leads up to how you want to show up in market. That's fascinating. And one last question for you. Are you speaking anywhere else in the near future that we can hear from you? I don't have anything um, confirmed or lined up um, just yet, but definitely um, on Twitter and on LinkedIn, um, you can find me, and I, I, I try and post as many interesting things as possible. And that's at Farah Besner on Twitter, correct? Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. And also on the, uh, the Voice America page, we posted a link to hear some of the music from one of the patch groups, um, and, yeah. um, and people can, find, can listen to more of the music on the Mondelez channel somewhere. Where, where no, can they so- find it? So we have a Tumblr page, thepatchhouse.com, and also on YouTube, we have a YouTube page, um, you know, YouTube backslash thepatchhouse. So we have both of those spots. You can listen to more music. That is fantastic. Well, it's been uh, informative and very exciting, too. And also, I feel exhausted for you because <laughs> you're doing so much. <laughs> this is a lot of fun. Speaking with Farah Besner from Mondelez, who's the marketing director for Halls and Candy, who is really becoming a, a culture changer and impacting the world that we're living in um, by by creating opportunities uh, to engage with the millennial audience through these fantastic candy brands and changing people's lives while doing it. How many people can say that, Farah? <laughs> Not many. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's been great talking to you. This is Lori Schwartz, Thank you so much. Tech Cat, and uh, say goodbye to everyone, Farah. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. And check out everything about the Patch program online. Thanks, everybody. See you next week or hear from you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 